welcome to this week's episode of Latchkey Movies, the podcast where we take a critical look at the movies your kids are watching without your supervision. Today, we are going to talk about the 1999 Disney movie Tarzan. Um, you got to specify it's the 1999 Disney movie because there are many movies called Tarzan. <laughs> a lot of movies called Tarzan. But this one has an 89% on Rotten Tomatoes and a 79% on Metacritic. It won the Academy Award and the Golden Globe for Best Song, uh, You'll Be In My Heart. No surprise, right? Uh, And this is before Academy Award for Animated Feature. And you are? Oh, yeah. I'm Sarah. (laughs) I am the mom of a seven-year-old boy. I think by the time this gets released. Damn, um, when did yeah. that happen? You know, they just time goes on. <laughs> Man, this is this is how long we've been together though, because every time when our did we, children's how old was age, he when he started. Like four? Four. Oh man. He was four when we started. <laughs> so now yeah, it feels really old to me. Anyway. Briar Harvey. I'm the mom of an adult, a 10-year-old, and a 4-year-old, all of whom loved this movie. See, my son refused to sit in the room with me for this movie. But he was he's having he's having a moment right now. Oh, well. So, I think it's like cuz we're recording this at the end of August. I think it's end of summer like we're sick of each other. Yeah. And doesn't want anything to do with me, which I can't blame him. So, no. it's time to go hang <laughs> Likewise, out with kid. Folks. Yeah. <laughs> Likewise. Um, this, my favorite tidbit about Tarzan is that when the movie came out, they had Tarzan in the parks. It was, it's a face character. So it's a guy with a terrible wig wearing like a loincloth and some awful like sandals, basically. That's it. And nothing else because (laughs) he's Tarzan. Right. And they had to take him out of meet and greets because he kept getting groped by moms. You know, there are so many things that I could say here. I I just, it really, like, we talk about sexual harassment and sexual assault, and we do not talk about the men who regularly experience these sorts of creepy things. Yeah, yeah. And that's really creepy that, that, that all the faces were getting so harassed. Yeah. That they had to pull them. I, just... I know, like, that's, like, a thing we could totally go into at some point in the future if we want to. Just talk about what happens to the poor face characters in the Disney parks, um, male and female. It's, like, it's... I'm sure it's... It's interesting stuff. Yeah. Um, and I, I come at that as, like, yes, I am, I am a Disney adult, but I'm not a Disney adult, quote-unquote. Um, I enjoy Disney, but it's not my personality, and um, I, I'm just not a big character interaction person. Like, and I'm so thankful that my son isn't either because it just seems like a miserable experience to me. Like, we're, when we go, we're okay with, like, one Disney, like, character dining thing. Like, we'll go to one of the buffets that has, like, Mickey Mouse at it. But that's about the extent of it for us. Um, and I'm really relieved about that because if I had to be one of those parents that waited in those lines to see every character to get a, an autograph, I would no. be a miserable person and we no. would stop going to Disney because that's not how I, I want to spend my no. time. <laughs> I, they're creepy, y'all. Yeah. It doesn't, yeah. it doesn't matter if their faces, it doesn't matter. It, it's, it's a really weird and off-putting experience to go into as an adult. So... I've done two face character interactions. One was the first time we took my son. We went to see Anna and Elsa because I was able to get a fast pass to do it because I'm not waiting in the line otherwise. And he was obsessed with Frozen at the time. So, like, that's the one time he's wanted to actually meet a character. And it was a great interaction. It was amazing. It was magical for him. He loved it. The other time was before I had kids. We were in Epcot and we were drinking and we were sitting in this little like spot off the path and the Beauty and the, the Bell character right. had just started. There was no line. And I was like, I'm going to go meet Bell. So I go and I like meet Bell by myself as a fully grown adult who's had a couple of beers. And 
she's like talking to me like she's Belle. And I'm like, yeah, okay. I'm sorry. This is weird. And I have to go now. Like, it's just the weirdest experience. Like, I'm, I'm, I can't, I'm all about like suspending disbelief and Disney immersion, but that's just, that's a bridge too far for me. As an actor, I have to think that it'd be a really interesting experience, right? Because you have this character that you have to play mm-hmm. at all costs. Right. In, in, when you are in the park, you mm-hmm. must be this person at all costs while you are potentially being groped, mm-hmm. harassed, abused. I right. just legitimately... And in the case of, like, Epcot generally the adults there oh yeah um, they're especially drunk, man. they're gonna be they'll have probably had a couple of drinks depending on what time of year it is and i would have normally said like you were safe outside of like food and wine but now disney seems to like have a new festival for every season because food and wine is such a big draw for local um mm-hmm. attendance for them that they've like they've seen a money maker and they've stuck with it um but yeah, I can't, I can't even fathom what it's like to be those people. And then, you know, you think of the ones, for the most part, the characters are pretty, like, covered and dressed. But then you think of, like, people like Ariel and Tarzan, who are out there in, like, nothing. nothing. God. Ugh. So needless to say, Tarzan wasn't in the parks for very long. So... We're just getting started with this one, y'all. It's going to be yeah. a great time. I can tell. Look at us yeah. go. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I've been like, I really have to mention this. <laughs> no, you really do. Because that's really, but, and I hate to say that that's going to carry through for this discussion through this movie, mm-hmm. but it probably is. Let's mm-hmm. let's be really honest. This movie, this movie has problems. Yeah. It's a great on its face, it's a great movie. Like mm-hmm. if you don't if you don't look any deeper than skin deep, if you're yeah. just singing the Phil Collins songs, it's a mm-hmm. great movie. Oh. It's definitely shades of Pocahontas, I would say. Well, yeah. So the budget was 130 million dollars and the theater gross was 448 million dollars. So this one is a resounding success. Which is funny to me, because here we are talking about it as a forgotten Disney movie. But, boy, why was it forgotten? Let us count the ways. <laughs> to start with, though the movie takes place in Africa, there is not a single black character. That was deliberate, y'all. They did that on purpose because they didn't want to have to address any of the darker racist undertones found in the original novel series by Edgar Rice Burroughs. So they just, because in the books, most of the Africans are cannibals. They are, there's a lot of who stuff there. Mm-hmm. So they just, we just won't have black characters at all. That 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 seems like the way to go, I guess. I, I So I'm even trying to consider like what kind of context they could have put black characters in this and not had it come across as awful. Just because of the time period that they're portraying, like you how do you put a black character in that as anything but an awful portrayal, right? And and it's fine because that's the realistic aspects of what that time period was. But we're still, this is still a Disney movie, right? They're not going to willingly go into a movie and put that there, right? What? We, we, we shouldn't count on Disney to be teaching our children about racism and colonialism and those, you know, more sordid details of history? Why not? <laughs> I, can, I can agree with them not wanting to take that on. Right? I, I really, like, I mean, it's it's not better. Let's be clear. It's not better. But at the same time, it's also the only viable choice. Right. The only choice. Yeah. So Unless listen... you're going to go all happy feet and just, like, bash everybody <laughs> over the head with the message. <laughs> 
Which leads us right into why this movie exists in the first place. And let's be honest, it's only because Michael Eisner wanted to give the finger to Jeffrey Katzenberg. So the story started as his idea. This was supposed to be something that he was shepherding through. Katzenberg? Katzenberg. Okay. And then they fired him. Right? So, so I guess we decided to run with it to piss him off. Like, Mm -hmm. so many of the movies that we're talking about here have Eisner and Katzenberg were fighting over something, so here, have a movie. Yeah. And, And that is absolutely the case here. Katzenberg went off to go found DreamWorks, and as his parting gift to Eisner, he stole... Uh, Woody Allen. Not that that is a huge loss, but Woody had been cast as Tantor the Elephant. I think that's a that's that's they dodged a bullet there. Uh, honestly, <laughs> if I have to choose between Woody Allen and Wayne Knight, I'm gonna take Wayne Knight. He was really good. I thought. I'm gonna I, take I, anybody. Really, over Woody Allen any day, most days of the week. Yeah, I just, Mm -hmm. but, but, but here, notably, casting wise, we're not going to talk about the other shit. Casting wise, I thought Wayne was really good as the neurotic elephant. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. He does, he does neurotic well. He's always Mm -hmm. done neurotic well. This movie was also Chris Buck's directorial debut, and it was written by Tab Murphy, who had just finished The Hunchback of Notre Dame, which I guess explains the darker undertones of Tarzan. Yeah. I mean... Yeah, I guess. This is this this movie when we chose it. I um I gave Briar a warning that the first ten to fifteen minutes were gonna be kind of a rough watch. Um, I forgot how <laughs> how much it affects me this movie, and I don't know why because I'm not usually the crier in this one. But like that whole first uh, fifteen minutes, um, ending with one. Uh, the mom gorilla starts singing to baby Tarzan uh, is just like the buildup of emotion and then when she starts singing that's like the 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 break (laughs) and I start sobbing yeah I I was literally I was literally so my my downstairs setup is kitchen with a living room right off of it. I had gotten up to, I don't know, throw out garbage or something in the kitchen. So I'm in the kitchen and I'm walking into the living room when she starts singing and I'm like, I just <laughs> started sobbing. Like I was, <laughs> I wasn't even immer- like immersed in the movie and I just started sobbing. It's like very evocative of like baby mine from uh, uh-huh. Dumbo to me, that part. I don't know. Sorry, I interrupted. You were going other places with this. No, I was just going to say, it's not as bad as, like, Up, mm-hmm. but it's it's pretty. That whole initial montage is rough. Mm-hmm. It is. Yeah. yeah. And um, one of the very few instances where you see dead bodies in a Disney movie don't we see a lot of those when they're this. not the villains. When they're not the villain, there are not a whole lot of dead bodies. Although the dead bodies in this movie were... Because in addition to Tarzan's parents, like Clayton's death, even yeah. for a villain, that was pretty graphic. Yeah. You see, yeah. You see the hanging shadow. Mm-hmm. You... Her, uh, uh, there was something breaking that I sure thought was a fucking neck. <laughs> I'm like, sure could have been a vine, but that's not how I heard it. Yeah. We'll have to ask the Foley artist what they used for that. <laughs> Holy crap. 
Okay, um, so I want to come back to the cast a little bit. Um, Glenn Close as Kala, the mom. Lance Henriksen as Kerchak, Gorilla Dad. We had uh, Mini Driver as Jane. Brian Blessed as Clayton. And also Tarzan's Yell. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. All right, um, I'm Which did not endear me. So I got to be honest. So Tarzan is played by Tony Goldwyn, who, who I, is I don't Fitzgerald like Gerald Grant or whatever from Scandal. He's the president from Scandal. Right, but I've never, but I, I I've not liked Tony Goldwyn since Ghost. Well, yeah, I was gonna say most known for Ghost. Before most this. known for Ghost, and I there I, I was very young when that movie came out, and I have this unreasonable dislike of yeah. ever since. He's a bad guy. There, He's a bad that's, guy. That's yep. just fixed in my brain. Sure. So when my beloved Brendan Fraser auditioned for this movie, not once, but twice, and didn't get it, to be given to Tony Goldwyn, who so can't random. even do the yell. Yeah. It's an injustice. It's an it injustice. Is. <laughs> I'm just saying. I no, I agree with you. <laughs> but I, I mean, he was he, he was technically fine. It was okay. Yeah, I'm. It I'm, was. I'm, I mean, considering a lot of his dialogue is just grunts. Grunts. He, it was fine. he did what he could. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I mean, it was it was serviceable. Great. No complaints. So we obviously know where the parents are. For at least the first third of the film. But here's what I want to know. Where did they go after? Because... What happened Tarzan, to their bodies? Yeah, right. When Tarzan goes back to the house, we very clearly pan over that fallen table where their mm-hmm. bodies were before. Did did Kala go and what? Bury them? Because that no. doesn't seem likely. Here's so the skeletons just disappeared, or they were scavenged or something, but... Yeah. I think it was a combination of scavenged and hot tropical climate. Because doesn't that make things degrade faster? Not bone, but... But scavengers. But, but there, there's Potentially scavengers. I, I mean, I, I guess. I don't know. Maybe... It was... Maybe the, um... What is it? Uh, what, uh, what is it? The bad guy. <laughs> is it a panther? What is it? Yeah. A jaguar? jaguar? I think it's a jaguar. <laughs> um, maybe it came back to finish him off afterwards. I don't know. I'm sure something ate it. It's a Some, jungle. <laughs> it's a jungle. Something ate them. That's fine. Okay. As long as as long as we've established that, I guess that's that's all I really needed to know. <laughs> So, the intro sequence, I mean, as a montage, we've talked, but I have to tell you, I'm sitting there weeping and going, but where did the saw come from? And what the fuck is this treehouse here? Where did this furniture come from? And is there a Sears on the island for family photos? Okay. They, you know, when there's a shipwreck, things then end up washing up on the shore, right? That's where all the furniture came from. It came from the shipwreck. Right, all the heavy furniture floated. It's wood. Okay. 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 But the saw. The wood, the wood, I mean, the actual treehouse itself was like the boat. Like, it's like the windows from like the captain's part of the ship. I I, I don't know the right word for that. Okay. (laughs) It's okay. all from the boat. But, I so, I have another theory, though. At Disney and Disneyland, they have these um, attractions at both of them where it's like you walk through this, like, giant tree situation. And in Disney World, it's the Swiss fan- Family Robinson. It's their treehouse. Right. And I'm imagining the one at Disneyland was also Swiss Family Robinson, but it is now Tarzan. So they re-themed it for Tarzan. So I'm wondering if that played into it to an extent. Like, they knew they wanted to do this, so they put Knowing in, like, Disney, aspects of it. Knowing Disney, that yeah. seems legit. 
They that would be my guess. They do a lot of back building into movie, and and because it takes so long to animate a movie, I yeah. can't really blame them for trying to incorporate thematic elements that they know they want to pull into the parks and those yeah. kinds of things. Easter eggs. It, Easter eggs are easier if you plant them ahead of time, right? Sure. Yeah, because, like, at the very least, I mean, even if you don't take that part into account, the animators themselves may have been using the idea of something like the Swiss Family Robinson treehouse as, like, an inspiration for this. And, again, those are ship parts that they used. Uh, all except for that current family photo that came from Sears. I, that, that's all. Yeah, you know, it is kind of... Yeah, interesting, because he was a baby. Like, they took it the day they left. Maybe. <laughs> All right, but let's talk about... You're asking me to suspend <laughs> my disbelief here for the remainder of this... Fine, fine, fine. All right, let's talk about... What are we talking about? I want to talk about the dad's facial hair. <laughs> okay, tell me more. It's, I, I don't know, what is it? It's like the Civil War beard where it's no chin hair. It's just like a, a strap above the... Oh, we the, call that mutton no. chops. No, mutton chops don't have the connection. Oh, that's true. But mutton they're... chops are just the big sideburns. And that's then he's the, got mut- like... Right. Like and a, then... he's got mutton chops into like a Fu Manchu. Right. I don't know what it is. But well, I, I don't know. I appreciate it's... it. And if this movie had come out like six or seven years ago he would have been like a hipster icon between Probably. his facial hair and his clothing right <laughs> probably yeah but like what a like i'm watching it and i'm like that is a strapping father who got his family off a burning boat di- dove into water and then like worked his butt off to get these ship parts into this boat like that is that is a man who can bring home the bacon and shave his chin (laughs) yeah no i liked i loved i liked the montage of them building the house i really i did too (laughs) i did too even while i was going well where the did all this shit from the boat from the boat come on shipwrecks wash up on shore okay we know this but i mean at least in fictional movies and stuff that is the um trope right that the shipwreck pieces wash up on shore this is mildly morbid but apparently there's been a rash of feet Yes, I've up heard on about the Washington that. shore. I'm glad that we read the same news article because that's what made me. That's what this made me think of. All the it's feet... been happening for years, right? Yes, something like that. I don't know. Yes. Look into it. It's interesting. <laughs> Shoes with foot in it. That's it. Yeah. Nothing yeah. else. It just mm-hmm. shoe and a foot. They just wash <laughs> up on the beach. That's all. Um, flip flopping back to the cast. Oh, that's a terrible pun. um i don't like rosie o'donnell why don't i like rosie o'donnell remind me let let me count the ways is she just obnoxious my problem with rosie has always because politically i there's a lot i don't agree with her on okay but but aside from that it's the the aggression okay. that, that bothers me. Okay. Rosie is someone who hits you over the head with her politics and her mm-hmm. beliefs. And there's a lot of people in Hollywood who do that. And they equally annoy me, to be honest. Yeah. Like, I can't get over Matt Damon for the same reason. Mm-hmm. Not, not a bad yeah, actor, so but he know. just constantly banging the drum like i pay you to I act personally like i can't think of i can't think of an actual situation about rosie o'donnell that i don't like but she just she's off-putting to me i don't know i just don't like her i just i don't have a good reason because i don't have a memory of what you're talking about 
specifically in regards to her? Well, the conservative circles loathe and despise Rosie. She's right, like, so, like, there's a part of me that wants to like her just to be, Right, like... for that reason alone. <laughs> yeah. like, but she, I just she, don't like her. She, she should be waving the good dyke flag, but somehow that's not actually what's happening here. And, and I don't know, she, she just, she's not... She doesn't hit me right either. I don't know what it is. I don't have avail- like I don't have a good explanation for that. I just I'm not a fan of Rosie O'Donnell. That's really it there. <laughs> and that is so we don't like this cast. We don't have good reasons for not liking this cla- this cast and we're, we're we're being upfront about that. We don't have good reasons. We have weird bias and previous movies that were holding against them but it doesn't yeah. matter we don't like the I will say a positive is that I thought Glenn Close did a really good job yeah Michaela Glenn was good and didn't make it like where I was watching it and I was like oh yeah that's oh Glenn yeah that's Close. Glenn Close no I thought she did a really good job so there's something positive <laughs> I think you could probably say the same for Minnie yeah uh, I like Min. I really like Minnie Driver as Jane I think that's yeah. a great a great casting choice and a great acting portrayal by her. Yeah, I, I mean, for Jane's kind of a pants character, right? Mm-hmm. She she's the you you slip in and tame the savage. That's mm-hmm. yeah. The whole time I'm watching this, I'm like, there's this is like every romance novel ever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and then that got me thinking about like actual like Tarzan in real life. Because he's not going to be Alexander Skarsgård. Uh, he's going <laughs> to no, have, sadly, like, wicked calluses. Think of the calluses this guy has. Especially on those knuckles, right? On every, like, on his hands, on his knuckles, his, feet, his knees. Knees. <laughs> just, knees. This guy, this guy is rough. Made of like, literally rough. He's literally rough. Well, it's not like there's lotion. Right. And, and he's using, like, he's walking on his knuckles and his feet you know like oh i this is not a pleasant person that you want to be around i mean Um, the way he's portrayed in the parks he's got like his hair is like dreadlocked because that is what would happen to your hair over time you know you're not combing it you're hanging out with monkeys and gorillas and elephants they don't have combs so that's gonna stink right yeah he's (laughs) gonna be smelly he stinks there's a and you look at obviously Jane and her father as the civilizing white man, right? They yeah. come in, they yeah. swooped in to save the day and bring civility and manners. Yeah. And I mean, <laughs> they really they kind of glossed over all of that because yeah. it's. Because Disney is really good at glossing over the nasty bits in the movie. Right. And yet, somehow, it is still all there. Right. Um, another thing about Tarzan, and I, I couldn't confirm this, but I remember when this movie was made, there being like a whole thing about the animation. You know, we've talked about before how Disney, every single movie they make, they show off something. They show mm-hmm. off some new technology that they have. And with this one, it was the scenes of Tarzan going through the trees. And it was inspiration, or it was inspiration? The inspiration for it. Or the feel that they were trying to like get across with him doing that was like skateboarding and surfing. Right. Tony Hawk. They wanted yeah. Tony Hawk. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like in a series of male-led Disney movies, we keep coming across these things where, like, they are, they're making these characters do something that they perceive as, like, typically cool guy, right? So, like, uh, Jim Hawkins on his solar thing, his, whatever. His skateboard. Yeah. Just yeah. call it what it was. It was a skateboard. Right. And now we have Tarzan skateboarding through the trees. I will say... <laughs> the the anatomy the mm-hmm. the study of the human body and the musculature like that really was significant for animation at the time yeah and they did an incredible job like yeah you so can see the muscles moving in certain sure. scenes 
So I, I'll, I'll take your word for that because every time that I think was supposed to be happening, I could not get past the distortion of his face through a lot of those scenes. Like they elongated his face and it was just the weirdest thing. Like I couldn't pull my, I couldn't pull my gaze from that. Like I couldn't watch what was actually happening because they had the weirdest things happening with his face. Ah, Disney. So close. And yet so (laughs) So far away. Basically, yeah. 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 Because you're right. They did do... The body was great. The face, like... and and, I don't know what it was. uh, It was, uh, like... uh, I'll tell you what it was. I'll tell you exactly what it was. It's that this movie was animated in three different fucking studios across the globe. So, Burbank was largely responsible for Jane and all of the other human characters. Okay. The studio in Paris was responsible for Tarzan and the apes. Okay. Then, the studio in Florida was doing all of the backgrounds. Okay. Is that If I I had to guess, nobody fucking slept. Because how (laughs) do you coordinate scenes with half of a globe in between? Yeah. 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 How does that work? Well, they invented a new, basically a new fax machine is what they did. And they were yeah. This was pre, like, I mean, the internet existed, but it wasn't what it is today. Right. You weren't sending gigantic files. No, so they were literally faxing slides back and forth to each other. Mm-hmm. But, right, then. but I, I, I think more than anything, it does explain some of the potential animation problems. Because we've already talked about, like, with Treasure Planet... Some of the problems that were created because the Burbank studios were all weird and siloed and everybody had their own office, which seemed great in theory, but then you were mm-hmm. running down hallways trying to get to co-workers who were drawing the same things. Okay. Yeah. Here, they're not down the hallway. Yeah. They're half a world away. Yeah. Yeah, I don't get it. I don't understand. I don't understand why you would do that. Because we can. I suppose. I I, I mean, I can't. The the logistics of it do escape me. I'm just telling you the the (laughs) facts on the ground. Okay, I appreciate it. (laughs) Speaking of facts on the ground, I feel like we do need to devote at least a few moments to discussing that scene where Tarzan appears to be carrying Jane in both arms and is holding the rope with what? His ass cheeks? That that. No, so you showed me. Well, you put that picture on your Facebook and I thought Yes, I, I put I... that meme on Facebook. Alright, so the way I'm perceiving it is he's going to have a hell of a rope burn in his armpit. Okay, that's 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 more legit than ass cheeks, but ass cheeks is funnier. Yeah, no, it is. <laughs> it makes me think of Ren and Stimpy. Um, wasn't there like one of the characters? Like they did a lot of butt cheek stuff on Ren they, and Stimpy. They did. <laughs> that show is not appropriate for human consumption, frankly. But <laughs> okay. Oh, so. Given the nature of this film, I have come across a number of references to its significance in the adoptive community. Yep. I figured. That, that adoptive families, I don't know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm not quite sure how the math works, but, but this one is significant in adoptive communities and I'm like, well, that's interesting. Okay. Why do you say that? I suppose because 
the adoption happens on good terms here, relatively mm -hmm. speaking, right? Like, Kala saves Tarzan. He would have died otherwise. Mm -hmm. So, so that's great. But we're not really addressing the, and I'm not talking about the interspecies of it all. The the issue here specifically is the way I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I, I got nothing. I can't I can't say why I don't like it. I just don't like it. Okay. Well, I can tell you, as an adopted person, I don't have a problem with this movie. <laughs> I actually kind of like the way it portrays adoption. Um, I I love the part where um, where Kerchak is, I don't I mean, I don't love it, but I love the portrayal of the part where Kerchak is like, he's not one of us. He'll never be one of us because like, regardless of who you are as an adopted person, that thought is always going to be around. Like I have an incredibly positive experience with my life as an adopted person. Like there is not a shred of psychological damage that I can think of that has affected me like to any massive extent. But even with that being the case, you still have that feeling every once in a while, like that you aren't one of them, which I don't really have that feeling. I don't have that feeling because I had like the most accepting extended family ever because there were multiple adopted kids in my family. In fact, we actually used to make fun of the one biological kid in my family. <laughs> we used to tell her she was a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> oh, kids are awful. But yeah, so no, I can like, I can, I can, I like that portrayal of it. I love okay. like how fierce Kala is with like Tarzan and keeping Tarzan and um, then the redemption at the end with Kerchak. I think it's, I, I like it. I like it as an adoption story. <laughs> well, for I'll, I'll tell you as a weeper that that redemption at the end with yeah. Kerchak just, Oh my goodness! Yeah, all of the tears for that one. Mm -hmm. So I can see where people who have like a, a not a different adoption um, experience than I have may find problems with this. Um, the, you know, I don't have that experience, so I can't speak to it. And and on top of that, I am a uh, a white Catholic person who was adopted by white Catholic people. So like that whole part of my identity was never in question and I know that that's a big thing that people struggle with and so like I can't speak to any of that but as like somebody with a very positive adoptive experience I like this movie so as always we don't have the answer I don't have the answer for you questions. I can only speak out of my personal experience and I you know I did <laughs> where are we going with this what's next what are we talking I, about? I don't know. Can we talk I mean... about how Jane and her father choose to stay? All right. So here, I, I really, I, I gave this a lot of thought. Okay, let's go. <clears throat> I'm okay with Jane choosing to stay because her father is going back. And so I can, I can accept that under the premise that her father knows she's there and will periodically be coming to check in on her or like having ships stop by to check in on her or doing whatever, right? He's going to like send her penicillin or something right because like <laughs> inevitably they're going to have children on this island and then what happens like uh, there's they, no other people there's, there's no what are you gonna do um okay so then when her father chooses to stay and tells the captain to forget they even found them what, the implications are too much for me and then that doesn't even take into account the fact that technically Tarzan is now the alpha of the gorillas and all of that implies <laughs> so there are two sequels neither of which I've seen <laughs> if I'm being honest Tarzan yeah. and Jane and Tarzan 2 I don't know the story of either there's like 50 of the Burroughs books so there is hell a lot of story here to play with. It's... I think I have to imagine that Disney wanted did not want to wade into <laughs> the Although, extended the... Burroughs universe for Tarzan. Right? right. And that's that's kind of the thing. 
Like, if you throw out the Cannibal Burroughs books, how many are actually left? I have no idea. I have no I, I'm sure there's, there's not there. any left. Let's, like... <laughs> <laughs> so, what, I mean, what, what is the future for humans in this situation? What is the future for the humans in this situation? I don't know. <laughs> is it what's that movie um oh my gosh is it brooke shields is it the movie with brooke shields is it brooke shields where like her the and her Blue brother Lagoon? yes that's the only thing i can think of it ends up in incest <laughs> i'm still scarred by that movie <laughs> I know. that's the only place my mind can go i can only think of that right up there with um uh, the, the, the kids in the attic, uh, what is it? The flowers in the attic. That's, that's just, this is where we're going. <laughs> Are we on an island? I, I mean, did <laughs> Okay, we... so no, we're in Africa. They talk about that. Right. The animals say that they're in Africa. There are no piranhas in Africa. Whatever. Um, they are not on an island, but for intents and purposes of what this story is as we know it and the world of Tarzan as we know it, they They're are on essentially an island, an island right? Because there are no other people. And that's, right. like, here again, like, I appreciate that they removed references to black people as cannibals, but the, the lack of other people with the white people coming in on boats, man... I guess no. I can't. We just have to not think beyond no, you the really... end of the movie because it's just problematic. It just you can't. You just watch flowers in the attic and the blue lagoon. <laughs> it's I, all I, I, I can think of. Okay, we'll, we'll we'll get to a rating. Although I'm still <laughs> really I'm, I'm 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 having problems here. Hey, we got to talk about the music. We do have to talk about the music because I've added a new category here. Were there enough songs for Sarah? Um, no. <laughs> but, there, but it wasn't. It wasn't really a musical, right? Right. Because the only person singing a song is when Kala is singing a lullaby to Tarzan, and so it's not meant to be a musical. Um. If Tarzan had had a singing number while he was swinging through the trees, then this would be a musical territory. So, you know, there were enough songs because it wasn't a musical. <laughs> oh, I guess there's the um, the one where they're in the camp. What is that called? Like, rocking in the camp or something? Like that? Yeah, the, whatever it is that, where they're breaking shit and playing the horn. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of a musical. But not really. But not really. The music doesn't, like, progress the storyline. No. You're not getting, like, info dump via music. You know, I've never really thought about that before, but that's really kind of the defining characteristic of I a think musical, that actually right? might be the definition of a musical. Like, the music... The music carries the story. the story forward. Yeah, and that doesn't happen in this. And that does not happen here. That, that was just a musical interlude. Yeah. Okay. There you go. <laughs> But my husband is a big fan of Phil Collins, so I have to add that here. I, I got nothing. Mainly Genesis, though. I can I can go with Genesis. That's fine. <laughs> I mean, in the air tonight, that's fine. But then, oh my gosh, if you, uh, you have, <laughs> there's a really amazing episode of This American Life about in the air tonight, and it's about like breakups and stuff. It's really good. I can't do it justice by giving you a summary, but okay, I will. if you like things like This American Life and you like In the Air Tonight, we you we assume you like podcasts because you're listening to a podcast. <laughs> that that could be an, an erroneous impression on our part. I would know, but we assume you like podcast res recommendations because you're listening to a podcast. That's so. What we assume. Also, um, my husband made the comment that. Poor Sting, this is all he wanted. He wanted what Phil Collins had. I, <laughs> I actually wanted to talk about that too. Like, so this this predates uh 
Treasure Planet, obviously. Or, no, um, God. Emperor's New Groove. This, yeah, this predates Emperor's New Groove, right? That one came out in 2001? This is 1999. Yeah, this is 99. So Emperor's New Groove was the next movie. It was the next movie. But but Phil Collins, see that's that's probably what it was. Is that Phil was like, I'm doing a movie with Disney, and it's amazing. Not with that accent, but like <laughs> I'm doing a movie with Disney, He's and not it's amazing. From the Bronx? He's not from the Bronx. <laughs> no, but definitely not with that accent. And Sting was like, Oh, well that sounds like fun. Yeah. I should do a movie with Disney. Yeah, well, like I'd like to say he was like, oh, Phil Collins got an Academy Award, but I think that uh, The Emperor's New Groove was already, like, in process. Oh, I'm sure it was point. already but, in like, progress. I like my headcanon here. <laughs> that Sting, like, is forever cursing Phil Collins. Oh, but he probably is. Because <laughs> I can't, I, I feel like that's, it, it may not have gone down like I said, but but it was close. Hey, I'm doing a movie with Disney. You should you yeah. check this shit out. It's it's a cake, and you get to write some fun songs and, you know, <laughs> hang out with voice actors from the hallway. <laughs> oh, Speaking of voice actors for the ho- from the hallway, my, my husband really wanted, um, like, he thought Kerchuk was Optimus Prime, and it's not, but I think that would have been a good choice. That would have been a good choice in the same way that I was really, really kind of mad that Clayton was not Tommy Lee Jones. No, oh. Patrick Stewart. <laughs> oh, oh. Because because Bryant because because they come from that same okay. No, big I wanted Shakespearean it to be Tommy Lee Jones. tradition. Uh, but I can see, I can see Tommy Lee Jones actually because he's essentially the same character as the one from um, Atlantis. Yes, they look the same, they act the same. It's the Mary Tyler Moore show over here. But that's also not Tommy Lee Jones. No, it isn't. Who is no. that? <laughs> Who is that? In Atlantis? Yeah. Oh, I'm gonna have to look it up now. But it was somebody like that, wasn't it? It's somebody where, like, when they play a character, you're like, that's the bad guy. It was James Garner. Okay. Well, then I wanted it to be James Garner. Okay. James but Garner, could, I, Tommy I, Lee Jones. They're kind of interchangeable, if we're being really honest. I also would have accepted Bruce Willis. Oh. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Listen, I don't, I don't know <laughs> what your obsession is with Bruce Willis, but clearly when we are done... With the forgotten classics, we're just going to have to do over the hedge and get it out of the way. I'm totally just joking. I wanted to bring it back for you. I was trying to, you know, comedy is about bringing the reference back. Oh, yeah. At a later time. Right? Oh, y'all. If it, <laughs> Some of our best jokes have been spun out over many episodes <laughs> at this point in time. Gotta go binge them all, baby. Binge them all! Okay. What the hell were we talking about? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. What else do we want to talk about here? Anything? I don't actually think there's... Uh, so, we haven't done age at all. and Oh, yeah. that Actually, I wanted to bring that up in terms of the bones that disappeared. How old okay. is Tarzan? How old is he? <sighs> that... Is an excellent question. How old is Tarzan? How old is Jane? Do we even want to know if they're appropriately relationship <laughs> material? Okay, so without trying to figure that out and going any further, do you see Jane as older than Tarzan or younger than Tarzan when I you're watching actually, this? So I, if I'm honest, I actually think Jane is older. Yes, and, I think of Jane as, like, an old maid character. An old yeah. maid, in like, the old term, she's probably, like, 25. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> we, we say old maid, but we mean old English maid, so, yeah. like, 25 <laughs> tops. But if you're basing Tarzan's age on Turk's age, right? Yeah. Turk is not a full-grown gorilla. Turk is not a full-grown gorilla, and I know that gorillas grow slower than, I, I, I mean, 
but they're they're not children for as long as we are. So oh. if Turk's a teenager, she's ten. I don't know. The so math what, here. Tarzan's eleven. <laughs> what are you saying? Well, but, but that's exactly right. So you can't you can't look too hard at that math because it does not hold up well. He's obviously at all. not eleven. No. But is Tarzan like seventeen? Sixteen, seventeen. Or is Tarzan like twenty-three? No, I don't think so. I I don't. If I had to guess, I would put him as a older teen, but teen still. Okay. Teen and Jane older. Old woman. Yeah. Jane is definitely... Sorry, Jane. I'm sorry. Jane's family that isn't her father, so like like aunts and stuff, are worried for Jane because she's never going to find a suitable match. Yes. Well, and Jane's She's probably dad... had, like, multiple seasons, right? Right. She's been she's had multiple showing seasons. She's been shown like a fucking dog and has not <laughs> found a suitable match. Because she's too busy studying nature. Oh, what? Using her brain? Having an opinion? God forbid a woman do any of she's those a, sorts she's of a, things. She's a, what do they call it, a blue stocking? Yes. She's like the definition. I actually added a book recently to my queue about the debutante era. Mm-hmm. Because it's fascinating how women got around. What era, what, what, uh, what year do you think this is? Like 1890? Um, so, yes, the original Burroughs Tarzan is 1880-something or other. Hey, I did a good job there. You did. I read a lot of historical romance novels. Clearly. (laughs) All right. But in terms of what age the children should be to watch this, I don't have any definitive answers for you. The four-year-old was in and out, but mostly he was in for the popcorn. If I'm being really honest, he was in for the popcorn, and he'd hang around if Phil Collins was singing, but Mm -hmm. otherwise he was out. I would say, like, potential problematic spots would be the beginning of the movie. Um, Mainly just not, like, because they show much. Except for the dead bodies. <laughs> but more like having, like, explaining what's happening. Right. Because, like, a kid might not pick up, a younger kid might not pick up on A younger happening. kid is not going to get the nuance of this, and you're going to have to explain it. And that's going to lead into conversations that you really, I don't know, do you want to have yeah. them? I actually and... would put this one at an older 8 to 10 kind of bracket, if I'm oh, being really? honest. Yeah. Because, like, I could also see, like, whenever Kerchuk gets, like, aggressive, that could be potentially scary for a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like, the ending with uh, Colton. Mm-hmm. I-, I believe I mentioned the snapping of the neck. Yeah. And the shadow hanging there. I mean, you don't see the body hanging, right. but you see that. The the only Disney. way they could have made it worse was if those feet were twitching, y'all. Yeah, I, I, Disney is not does not shy away from that. Like, no, never have. A whole con- like a whole part of the haunted mansion ride is literally like a guy's hanging himself above you in the beginning of the awesome. <laughs> Shown in shadow again, so it's like a Disney thing, I guess. <laughs> the thing about horror is psychologically, it's not bad for us. Mm-hmm. It's a good way to face and address fear. Mm-hmm. You just have to, you know, deal with the potential aftermath. I don't know if this is one you want to deal with the aftermath on, but yeah, you I would know, say- whatever. You know your kid, uh-huh. what scares them, and what questions are they going to ask, and are you going to be prepared to answer the questions? 
the jaguar stuff certainly isn't any more or less scary than the jungle book would be mm-hmm. and it's not incredibly graphic and it's not it's th- a lot of implied yeah Yeah, I just don't think story-wise, even with the music, you're going to get... Yeah, I mean, it doesn't really... There's a couple of, like, antics that they might enjoy, like the piranha thing. (laughs) When all the elephants are running because of his butt, and, like, kids love butts. um, Right. That would go over well. But there's not a whole lot of that. No, there's actually... This one's pretty story-heavy, relatively speaking, which makes it for an older kid. Yeah, I think you're right. All right. Well, can you wear this Halloween costume? <laughs> if you want to walk around in a loincloth. Right. I was about to say, it might be cold. It is October, but you do you. <laughs> I, I'd love to wear, like, Jane's outfit. Jane's outfit's pretty cute. I wish I could find Jane's outfit for, like, July. <laughs> so we are recording this at the end of August and I'm still like I'm feeling bad for September because everyone's starting to talk about pumpkin spice and scarves and shit and I'm over here going it's still summer so I am one of those basic women who um you know loves Halloween yes and I also collect these stupid um holiday birds from Target if you know you know um and Hol- they- no, but I don't know. So you're gonna have to. You're gonna have to to go there, Sarah. Okay, so they're holiday like little- birds from Hol- Target. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Target. They're called Featherly Friends. Oh, they're for about- fuck's sake! Yay high, mm, like four, five inches, and they're themed. So of like course they are, and, and like they're different every year. So like. So you have year. to collect every Christmas, yes. and of course, yeah. Of course. And then they all have little name tags too around. The, it's so cute. They all have names. It's adorable. Um, they're only like five dollars, so like it's a cheap like you know thrill. <laughs> Until you try and collect previous years on eth- on eBay. Well, and here's then... the thing: they've been hit by the scalpers, and right. apparently, Disney or not Disney Target put them on sale like August first. August 1st, they're sold out August 2nd. It's August. October is Halloween. These are Christmas birds? No, these are Halloween birds. Oh, but they're Halloween birds. The word on the street is that Hall- the Christmas birds go on sale before Labor Day. It's bananas. I, I just want I, to enjoy my holiday when I'm enjoying my holiday. See, and this is what this is what I'm saying. I feel bad for September because there's three whole weeks of September that is still that beautiful, perfect late yeah. summer. Why aren't we out enjoying that <laughs> instead of talking about leaves and blankets, scarves, and Uggs? That's all I want to know. I'm not. I'm not hoping for fall anytime soon. I because like with climate change we don't get a good fall we get like two days of fall (laughs) see this is also a thing here too I've noticed we go from Indian summer into rainy winter because in Omaha Nebraska there are several phases of winter Mm -hmm. and it doesn't start snowing usually until the end of December we'll get in September, we'll get, like, two days of what everybody wants fall to be. It'll be, like, high 50s, low 60s, beautiful day, no rain. With the leaves we'll get, like, and the blue yeah. and the, oh, yeah. We'll get, like, two to two of those days. We'll get yeah. two of those days. And otherwise, it'll be, like, 90 degrees or cold 30 and rainy. degrees. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's no there's, there's no, in, no between. in between. And one day might be 90 degrees and the next day might be 30 degrees and rainy. And you never know. You never know. And just because you've had that like 30 to 40 degree day doesn't mean you can't have another 90 degree day. Oh no, no. That's that's <laughs> not guaranteed. You can't put away the summer clothes until Ever? November. <laughs> you just don't put them I, I, away. 
But I, I wouldn't, this. except for the <laughs> fact that my closet is, I believe we've discussed this before, my closet is the size of a shoebox. That's why I can't record in it. <laughs> because I can't even sit down on the floor and, like, yeah. occupy that space. So, <laughs> I have to, but, 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 but when? When do yeah. I switch out seasonal clothes? I don't know. So, I, this, this little tangent brought to you by Tarzan's Target. loincloth. <laughs> whether you can wear it for and Halloween. whether or not you can wear that for Halloween this 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 was a fun one y'all I don't I don't know how y'all put up with us but it's it's amazing okay but we're here now we're here now Sarah out of five I've I've lost all concept of a scale I'm gonna give it a three okay I come back to my scale has been and always will be how willing am i to watch this movie on repeat and by that standard this one gets like a one and a half okay because i guarantee you third time through and i'd be ready to kill phil collins (laughs) there would not be enough weed in the world for me to tolerate this movie over and over and over again. No. That's valid. I No. So, objectively, it's better than Happy Feet. And I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give that to it. Like, it's, <laughs> but, but my willingness to watch it on repeat is low. Okay. Very low. I'll allow it. <laughs> you got anything else? Nope, just that we want to talk about the holidays. Okay, well that's where we're at then. So we have decided, in the way that we have decided, that we cannot... So the next the next movies in the forgotten Disney classics, y'all, they're getting... We're getting a little heavy. We gotta do Hunchback and Notre Dame, and we're both here going, do we have to? <laughs> I mean, we got to do it, but that one's not going to be great. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. (laughs) So, since we're both not ready, and we decide, I love that. And the year is what it is, and the calendar says what it says. We've decided to do some seasonal flicks for y'all. Seasonal movies. So... Being as there are not that many Halloween and Thanksgiving movies, you, you've only been given a few options. But we will be doing Casper next. And then we're going to bring back our review of Turkey Hollow for you. Because who you doesn't know, love a ha- uh, Thanksgiving movie? Who doesn't love a Thanksgiving movie? <laughs> And since you need another Thanksgiving movie to, you know, complete the Thanksgiving archive, we're going to be reviewing, I've never even, Sarah dug it up, y'all, so don't blame me, it's Freebirds, and I'm dying. It's going to be amazing. I'm, I'm, I'm already sure of it. And then we thought we would do, now that there's three of them, all of the Grinches for you. And then we'll round it out with an actual classic. It's not really a kid's... It is a kid's movie, though. I've tried I, to force my kid to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> I've certainly tried to force all of my children to watch it, too. But they don't think it's a wonderful life. But even I do. Though, but I do. I do. And I think that is quite possibly the best way we could end this year after the year we've had. And then, then we'll be back. We we swear to God with Hunchback. (laughs) We promise. And then we'll finish up the rest of all of these as well. So we've got four or five more in the forgotten Disney classic season. And if there's anything new all, 
know of that you would consider a forgotten Disney classic, please let us know. Yes, we would love to add to our list, except for Basil of Baker Street. I've already said that's a hard no, and it's it's so bad, guys. You you don't need to you, just just forget it exists. Disney's trying. We're we're gonna we're gonna let them have that one. All right. So if you do have comments, questions, concerns, complaints, all of those things. We are at Latchkey Movies on Facebook and Instagram. You can email us, latchkeymovies at gmail.com. You can call us, 402-885-4875. And if you have made it this far and are still listening, please do buy some tacos, because we need tacos to get through the hunchback of Notre Dame. That's what I'm telling you. Tacos. That's ko-fi.com slash briar. And we will chat with y'all soon. Bye.